When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Poisoning her passion. Jane Toppin confesses to killing 31 persons. Read the headline on July 22, 1902, from the Clinton Morning Age newspaper. The article would go on to describe how a seemingly caring nurse had purposely poisoned her patients and become one of the United States' first serial killers. Investigators were quoted as saying, She has told of the death of her victims as if she were talking about a summer picnic, where she enjoyed herself. on the fiendish subtlety she employed in the ending of human lives. The patient she maintained during the proxism preceding dissolution, the exuberance and joy that came to her as she watched their eyelids press down. No ghost has come to her in the midnight hours to disturb her dreams. No smarting of conscience visited her unnatural brain, has excited either tears or sorrow. I've spent a great deal of my life taking care of others, whether it was a family member, a friend, a lover, or just to make a living. It wasn't ever anything that I would have gravitated towards if it wasn't placed in my life path. I seem to have this natural ability to help others feel better, but it really came at a cost. I was never able to find and keep that drive that someone needs to persevere in a healthcare setting. It would make me so happy when I could reach and help someone in need. But at the same time, I started getting this empty feeling inside myself. So, take it from me. It's not hard to focus on all the pain and despair when you're right there in the center of it every day. When I worked in a nursing home, my job was life enrichment. Yeah, the constant loss and demand led me to search for this new path. But while I was there, I put in every effort I could to help those who needed it. I would never have imagined harming those I served in any way. These were the most vulnerable members of our society, those who had so very little that even their own lifetime memories no longer belonged to them. To me, they will, and will always be, the most precious people. Not everyone shares that same mentality, though, which is where the subject of today's episode comes into play. 
I was searching through some old newspapers and came across this article about a serial killer that I just couldn't get out of my mind. So, let me introduce you to Jane Toppin, or Jolly Jane was her nickname. The American serial killer whose self-stated dream was to, quote, kill more helpless people than any other man or woman who ever lived, even deriving a somewhat sordid pleasure from her watching the victim's life leave their eyes. That's what struck me most about this story. I've been in that position where you're there when someone takes that final breath, and you do watch the light leave their eyes. It really disgusts me that this would ever give anyone pleasure to watch. Now, there can be a sense of relief, knowing that that person's suffering is now at peace and suffering no more. That's one of the positives I would focus on to help me get through all the grief. You must find ways to see the silver lining in what can be the darkest part of living. I think that's why this article stayed with me after I read it for so long. I just had to learn how someone could become so rotten. The atrocities performed by Jane were blamed on insanity. Documents stating that she was of unsound mind and unresponsible for her conduct. I fully believe that Jane did suffer from one or more mental illnesses. At the time, people, especially women, would be entered into asylums even for minuscule reasons, such as tobacco use, laziness, and even masturbation. I believe that to make ourselves as a collective feel safer, we may chalk up unusual or horrible actions of others as, oh, they're just mentally unstable. Some people, though, are just rotten to the core. I believe Jane Toppin was fully aware of what she was doing. She just didn't possess a sense of empathy towards others. With all this in front of me, I had to dig deeper to see if I might better understand one of America's most sinister psychopaths. Her nickname was Jolly Toppin, or Jolly Jane. She earned that nickname from her time in nursing school, where she was described as being well-liked, bright, and friendly. A far turn from her future of poisoning her patients and receiving an unapologetical, sordid pleasure from watching the life draining from their eyes. Honestly, my first thought was for her victims. I instantly started thinking about what they were thinking in those final moments. I've worked with some fantastic nurses, and they build such a beautiful bond with those they care for. For most of us, it's impossible not to. Then along comes someone like Jane Toppin, who fakes that bond and then breaks it when those poor people need her the most. Jane Toppin was born with the name Honora Kelly on March 31st, 1854 in Boston, Massachusetts, to Irish immigrant parents. Her mother, Bridget Kelly, passed away when Jane was a young child from tuberculosis, leaving her father, Peter Kelly, to carry for Jane and her three other sisters by himself. Peter wasn't without his faults either, though. Even before the pressure of caring for four young girls alone, he was well-known around town for being an eccentric and abusive alcoholic, and nicknamed Kelly the Crack, short for crackpot. He was even said to have sewn his eyelids closed while working as a tailor. From the get-go, Jane had a lot of significant obstacles to overcome as a child. Eventually, at the age of six, she and her sister Delia were placed in the care of the Boston Female Asylum, 
an orphanage of sorts for female children. Her father surrendered his children, and the girls would never see him again. Documents from the asylum state that the girls were removed from a very miserable home. Within two years of being surrendered to the orphanage in 1864, Jane would be placed as an indentured servant in the home of Miss Anne C. Toppin in Lowell, Massachusetts. While her sister Delia was working as a prostitute on the streets, Jane would eventually take the surname of the Toppins, possibly to start fresh and shed her painful past, or the birth of a new woman free to make her mark upon the world, no matter how rotten. In 1885, Jane would begin her training to be a nurse at Cambridge Hospital, During her residency, she used her patients as guinea pigs in experiments with morphine and atrophine. She would alter their prescribed dosages to see what it did to their nervous systems. She would spend much time alone with those patients, making up fake charts and medicating them to drift in and out of consciousness, even going as far to crawl into their beds with them. It is unknown whether any violent sexual assault took place, But following her later arrest, she claimed to receive a sexual thrill from watching the patients hover near death, losing consciousness before coming back to life and then dying again. Jane would administer a drug mixture to patients she chose as her victims, lie in bed with them, and hold them close to her as they died. This is quite rare for female serial killers, who usually murder for material gain and not sordid sexual satisfaction. Toppin was so good at hiding her intentions that she was recommended for the prestigious Massachusetts General Hospital in 1889. There, she claimed several more victims before being fired the following year. She briefly returned to Cambridge and was soon dismissed for prescribing opiates recklessly. Jane then began a career as a private nurse. Despite complaints of petty theft, She was successful in her new venture. You would think that just working in the type of conditions that she was, that would have fulfilled her lust for her twisted desires. But sadly, that's not the case. She began her poisoning spree in 1895 by killing her landlords. In 1899, she even killed her foster sister, Elizabeth Toppin, with whom she had a good relationship. This is where James seems to start becoming more reckless with her actions and maybe since she hasn't been caught, might have a narcissistic complex and believe she is more intelligent than everyone and wouldn't ever be caught. After all, she never showed any remorse for her actions. In her mind, she probably didn't think what she was doing was wrong. In 1901, Toppin moved in with the elderly Alden Davis and his family to take care of him after the death of his wife, who Toppin herself had murdered. Within weeks, she killed Davis and two of his daughters. She then moved back to her hometown and began courting her late foster sister's husband, killing his sister and poisoning him so she could prove herself by nurturing him back to health. She even poisoned herself to invoke his sympathy. However, the ruse did not work, and he cast her out of his house before he succumbed to her poisoning. The surviving members of the Davis family ordered a toxicology exam on Alden Davis's youngest daughter. The report found that she had been poisoned, and local authorities put a police detail on Toppin. 
On October 26, 1901, she was arrested for murder. By 1902, she had confessed to 31 murders. And on June 23rd in the Barnstable County Courthouse, she was found not guilty by reason of insanity and committed for life in the Taunton Insane Hospital. Soon after the trial, one of William Randolph Hearst's newspapers, the New York Journal, printed what was purported to be Toppin's confession to her lawyer. Soon after the trial, one of William Randolph Hearst's newspapers, the New York Journal, printed what was purported to be Toppin's confession to her lawyer, that she had killed more than 31 people, and that she wanted the jury to find her insane so she could eventually have a chance at being released. Whether or not that was truly Toppin's intentions is unknown. She remained at Taunton for the rest of her life, dying on August 13, 1938, after spending 36 years there. The story of Jane Topham is a dark and twisted one. No matter what the circumstances we come from, some can rise above them and pull greatness from inside themselves to thrive, while others may claim that they are the victim of their upbringing. No matter what path you take, know that we have the power inside ourselves to make a significant and beautiful change in this world. You never have the right to ruin others' lives just because you were unhappy with how yours started out. Jane Toppin had many chances to better herself and find happiness. She chose instead to murder over 31 people and became truly rotten to the core. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Rotten to the Core and looking into the sordid past of Miss Jane Toppin. Let's all learn something from her darkness and use it to spread some light. If you would like to stay up to date on all news and episodes, please wander on over. Like and follow Rotten to the Core on Facebook at It's Rotten to the Core, Instagram, It's Rotten to the Core, and Twitter at It's Rotten in History, or It's Rotten to the Core.com. I am your host, Josh Waters, and this has been a look in the life of American serial killer Jane Toppin on Rotten to the Core. Y'all be kind to each other out there. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.